0: Hey, Dylan. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day to talk. Appreciate it. Yeah,
1: no, no problem. Always happy to talk running. So,
0: Yeah, man. I could talk about running for like way too long. <laughs> um, how's your training going right now? Just a little uh, update.
1: It's all right. I mean, so last week I, I, got, I got COVID real bad. So I Ooh, spent most of my week okay. not running at all. Um, I'm, I'm just getting mileage back up this week, aiming for like 120, 130. So,
0: okay, okay, yeah. So just yeah. a little stint in the training, but you're back at it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Trying trying to get back up to speed pretty quickly here. I'm I'm hoping for a big season. So,
0: yeah. Uh, what do you have like on the uh, schedule right now? Do you have some races lined uh, up.
1: I mean, I'm not sure what I'm doing in between, but the big thing is I'm doing the Prague Marathon. Um, okay. So, yeah. I'm fully, fully in on the whole marathoning thing right now. So,
0: yeah. Uh, do you see yourself doing anything else, or just kind of full marathon right now, just all in?
1: Um, I mean, I'll probably hit a couple track races, try and lower the five k, ten k PR, and I'm also going down to uh, Florida for the USA 15k champs. But
0: awesome, yeah, that's sweet.
1: Tune up type races, you know. Tune
0: up races, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, do you have any goals in mind for that 15K road championship, or just kind
1: of? Um, I mean, I want to be sub 45 for sure. Take a shot at like top 10 US. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro- probably take like 44, 30 to 44 low, which sa- sounds a little daunting as I say it, but uh,
0: no, I, I think it's kinda, definitely in your wheelhouse.
1: Just kind of trust that I'll get there, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, just a little. To give a little background, this is Dylan Gehringer. Did I say that last name right? Is it Gehringer yeah, or Gehringer, very close. Gehringer, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, people have probably messed <laughs> up before, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan Gehringer, he uh, has some pretty impressive PRs, uh, really came around towards his time in uh, Haverford. I had a D3 school uh, as a collegiate athlete running some pretty imp- impressive times, uh, 759, 3K. Uh, I saw uh, 14, 13, 5k, you ran a 30, 17, 10k. Um, and of course, recently the, uh, 214 in the Philly marathon, um, just last, uh, November, um, yep. which was super impressive. I was there to see it. And, uh, I just remember seeing a Philly runner track club uniform and in second, was it, did you get second overall? Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it I was, was like, I was, um, but...
0: <laughs> Yeah. I was amazed. I was, I was not expecting that. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. It wasn't a, it was a top 10, uh, American time for, um, record eligible courses, which is crazy. I mean, I can imagine you probably had people reaching out to you after that race or did you,
1: yeah, I I talked to, I talked to some pro clubs. It was really, it was really cool. It was a very cool
0: experience. Yeah. Uh, talk me through that race, you know, uh, what did it look like for you, um, from the start to the finish?
1: Yeah, so I mean, race morning I came in and the goal was just we were pretty sure when the Olympic trial standards were going to come out that it was going to be sub two eighteen, so my goal coming into the race was let's try and run sub two eighteen, mm. and uh, I sort of put myself in a pack for that and came through ten k, averaging like five twelve pace, so probably closer to like a two seventeen average, and I just kind of felt good from there and made a an aggressive move like way too early in a, in a marathon, uh, not going to pretend I'm an experienced marathoner. I I did some stupid things in that race. Um, but yeah, made, made a big move there. And by the halfway mark, I'd kind of caught the lead pack and was on a pace that I was not expecting. I think I came through halfway, maybe a little bit over 6630. Um, which some quick math at the time was like, okay, you're running you're, you're running quick here.
0: Yeah, that's uh, quick.
1: And honestly, my first thought was, oh, man, if this doesn't work out, my, my coach is going to kill me. Because <laughs> <laughs> the game plan was like, okay, let's not come through any faster than 6830. So, yeah. Uh, wow. And then sort of around mile 14, that's where I caught the leaders. And I knew I had a big decision to make because at some point I was like 300 meters back of them. So obviously, like, I'm running faster than them at that point. So I've got to decide, am I going to go past them or am I going to stay with them? And sort of before I knew it, I was like kind of coasting past them. And at that point, only one guy went with me, the guy who eventually won. But um, we broke away pretty quickly. And I mean, it just it was surreal, like leading in Philly, like at home for me. Mm uh and just like seeing all my friends alongside the course and it didn't occur to me how fast i was running until i got to 30k and i checked my watch and at that point obviously it didn't work out this way but i was on 2:11:30 pace despite a slow start oh my god so like through yeah like through even mile 21 or 22 i was averaging five flat for the marathon um and at that point, we hit this hill out in Manayunk and I fell apart. And the guy that I was racing against surged and just broke my spirit. And it was a it was a long, long last three miles that included a little bit of running above six minute pace. But uh I don't know. In a way it was encouraging. I ran two fourteen despite exploding. So I know that there's a, uh, there's more in the tank, I guess. And and on I mean, Philly, it's not a a terrible course but it's not exactly flat
0: no no it's not a super fast course by any means yeah i mean there's
1: there's a lot of positive to take away as to like what my trajectory might be so certainly
0: yeah i think like properly paced i mean it's all speculation but like 212 maybe like heck i mean maybe below that
1: i mean that's what we're hoping for
0: (laughs) yeah is that like going into uh prog is what's your goal like just time wise placement wise
1: Placing Prague is so up in the air. Sometimes their field is super deep. Sometimes it's a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to be competing towards the top end regardless. But if I'm running 212, 213, I think I could find myself anywhere from like seventh to like 20th. Honestly, in a race like this where I know I'm not going to win, I'm hoping I'm in like 20th. Like, just give me more people to race with, race against. But. I mean my plan basically is to go out low fives, maybe five five oh five to start, five oh threes and see what happens. Maybe maybe come away with a two twelve if everything goes well. But I wanna be a little bit more savvy. Like I felt very inexperienced in the marathon this first fall, which I was. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I think it's an event where being tactically smart probably pays off more than any other distance just because there's so much that can go wrong I mean you know you've done a marathon so
0: yeah I kind of know the deal myself (laughs) yeah it's
1: it can be brutal it can be brutal um but yeah I'm just trying to learn still so
0: yeah I mean so far your experience with the marathon is so high you know you haven't like really blown up bad so I mean I guess you could call six minute mile for you blowing up to like to us maybe that doesn't seem like blowing up, but it, I it mean.
1: certainly felt like. <laughs> I mean, I felt like it was a struggle to put the next foot in front of the other. At that point, I was, yeah. I was seeing, I was seeing black. But you
0: looked like you were hurting at the end, but oh, I mean, oh yeah. when I saw I the clock, out. I was I like,
1: out immediately after the finish line.
0: So. Did you really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, that's when you know you put it all in. Like,
1: oh, I mean, yeah.
0: I, I, I have mad respect for how you race that. Like, I mean, was that your first marathon or no?
1: It was my first real marathon. so six weeks before philly i ran a marathon up in new york mm. uh the hudson mo the mohawk hudson marathon mm, and okay. i went in just being like this is to learn the distance mm. and i went out in like 71 i closed in 69 and ran like a nice negative split 220 low and just sort of like But it wasn't ever like the goal of the training block. The goal was like Mm -hmm. use this marathon to springboard into into Philly. So first real,
0: I'll say. Did you think that that race kind of was it a good thing that you just got that experience before Philly? Like, did you feel tired going into Philly, or were you like fully recovered, kind of ready to go?
1: Honestly, a week after Mohawk Hudson, and this is how I sort of know that it was like truly closer to workout than like an actual marathon, like a week after Mohawk Hudson, I was putting together some, some like solid workouts again. So right. I mean, I think I, I think I hit a hundred miles the week after the mar- the first marathon. So like, I wasn't super beat up by it. And I think more than anything, what I valued about that experience was like, I wasn't aware how hard it was to fuel, like during a marathon, moving it like a decent clip. Because I had like mm-hmm. taken in gels and stuff before, but like sort of just during easy long runs and it it sits different when you're running quicker, that's for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. I had a nightmare of a time grabbing water bottles, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm just I'm not coordinated, so
0: <laughs> Yeah. Do you use like the use the water bottles? Like what kind of mix do you use? Do you use Morton or
1: No, I actually just did plain water in like the squirt the squirt top bottles. I just like filled them about halfway full and I taped goose to them and just you know swigs of water and just the the gels mm. so yeah and it worked well enough i had a little bit of like discomfort but i don't feel like i okay. me falling apart was not me bonking it was my legs being shot which mm. is a mm-hmm. good sign like i feel like i fueled okay
0: mm. um going forward for Prague, would you consider doing another like marathon tune-up or would you probably just do like you're going to do the 15 K and that'll be kind of your tune up for it.
1: Yeah. I think that'll be my tune up. We, we talked about it. Um, but four marathons, sort of in a two season block, like even if you're running Mm. two of them at like, call it 90%, that's like, that's a little bit risky, I think. Mm. And I'm obviously, and you're the same way, like we're starting marathoning young Mm. and you know, you obviously want to have like a long running career. And I think you just have to be a little bit wary, Cause the marathon can like just really beat you up. So I'm, I'm mm. definitely sticking with one this
0: spring. Yeah. That's probably the, the right decision to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. so like take me through one of your big weeks of training going into Philly. Like, uh, when did you feel like you were just super fit and yeah. What did that week look like for you? Just maybe day by day. Yeah. Like,
1: Um, there's a, there's a specific week and workout, uh, if I like go off this screen so I can look at my Strava quick, will it keep recording for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think okay. it will. Okay. Yeah. 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 It can doesn't you, stop. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you just okay. fine. Okay. Um,
1: cause three weeks from Philly, I actually hit 130 miles for the week. And I oh ended that week with, with probably my best workout ever. So obviously in 130 miles a week, I, I, I was doing a lot of doubles. Right. And, uh, So like Monday, Tuesday, pretty classic doubles. I ended up with 17 and 19 for the day. And then Wednesday, I had a pretty good uh, progression-based workout. It was 10 miles easy. And this was a long run workout too. Uh 10 miles easy, then six miles of steady. And I'm pretty sure I did that at about 540 pace. And then I went on a five-mile progression, which I was really happy with where I went 5.30, 5.20, 5.09, 5.08, not much progression there. And then my last mile was a 4.47.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: I was like, okay, that's a pretty good sign. And I felt good enough after that where that was a 22-mile morning, and I still doubled back later in the day for a four-mile shakeout. So, like, a pretty, like, casual 26-mile day in the middle of the week. Like, that was a big confidence booster.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: And then I had two more pretty standard days. And then I actually had a light Saturday just to like a single 11 mile run. And mm. then I had, I think my best workout ever. Um, my coach is a big fan of this one. I am too. It's a huge confidence booster for the marathon. It's a, it's a f- interval type session on the track where you're going four mile, three mile, two mile, one mile, 800. And mm. instead of having like a standard jog, we were doing float jog. So like my yeah. rest intervals were eight hundreds at like two forty five to two fifty. So yeah. you're like learning to recover, not at marathon pace, but like close ish to marathon pace. And I opened that up with a four miler at twenty fifteen. So you know a little bit over five minute pace. Oh my um, gosh. My three mile was fourteen forty six two mile 937, one mile 436. And then I opened up on the 800 and I closed in 206. (laughs) And for the whole thing, like a 12 and a half mile workout, I averaged five flat. And at that point I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm ready. Cause like Mm. it was Mm. in the context of a pretty big week too. And I've always gotten all of my confidence from sort of like the big numbers and being able to do good workouts without like, sacrificing volume, because I think like mm. most of my ability as a runner comes from sort of my ability to do volume. I don't consider myself especially like naturally talented. I was not special in high school. I think I can just run a lot of miles. And if you can run a lot of miles without getting hurt, you can kind of get places, especially in the marathon, if that makes sense.
0: No, I, th- I think that's huge. Like for me this year, like I think one of my big goals is just not getting injured because yeah. I've, I keep getting injured every season. And like this last cross season was so disappointing for me. Like I wanted to be at least sub 25, 30 for AK and like I was high 25s and like, I, I was just injured all season. And thankfully I cl- had a fifteen oh four five five K to like close off yeah. my season, which I was happy that's, that's with. It was cool. like on the road. And I was like, I was not expecting that. It still doesn't feel quite real. Cause my track PR was like 30 seconds slower. Um, Damn. From like so six definitely weeks.
1: A big sub fifteen uh push this season, I
0: imagine, right? Oh, I mean, well, not that fast, but you know, I would like to, you know, eventually run a sub two twenty five, maybe within the next year. But uh <laughs> yeah. anyway, I'm totally losing my train of thought right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but I, I think just staying healthy is big. I, I definitely agree with you there, especially with the marathon, because it's easy for things to take you out, but I mean like
1: it's all about that lifetime mileage too like if you mm -hmm. can just even if you're not putting together great seasons if you're putting together seasons without injury like that lifetime fitness it just it really accumulates and i think that's, yeah i mean that's the big thing like consistency is probably the best ability you can have in the sport
0: so yeah i agree um take me back to i heard you played football in in high school that's i mean that's crazy to me so i actually listened to um d3 glory days and uh your podcast and that was when i was like man i gotta talk to this guy this guy's crazy and plus i saw you at philly and i made the connection and i was like oh it's this guy um but yeah you played football like yeah that's and you you said you had seven concussions
1: yep that's what got me into running
0: (laughs) Matt, what'd you play football i was a receiver
1: Receiver. I'm too small to do anything else i was quick (laughs) like i had speed Not, not like Hmm. at the time I didn't really have distance speed, but I was like, I was, I was quick. I had one of the faster, like 40 times on my team, even as a young guy. Uh Um, but obviously I was just too small. Like I was taking bad hits and getting concussions, like at a concerning, (laughs) at a concerning rate, but obviously it led me to, to all of this. So I can't, can't complain too much.
0: Yeah. How did that transition happen from you know, I mean, I guess you had so many concussions. You're like, it's time to do something else. And you thought well, you were the, good the, at doc, running. the
1: doctor told me it was time to do something else. He's like, you can't, yeah. you can't keep doing this. Uh-huh. And I'm, I get bored so easily. Like I need to be doing stuff all the time or else i lose my mind. Mm. So I like needed a fall sport and I knew I wasn't like, I was not going to be any good at like soccer. Like that was just, not my sort of thing. So like it seemed like cross country was kind of my option. And I'm not gonna lie, I hated it at first. It was miserable. But cross I think everybody <laughs> everybody hates their first like season of running because when you come in out of distance shape, every run feels hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to pace myself at all. So like I was thinking I was a big shot and like I remember my first ever workout was mile repeats. Then it was my second day of practice and they threw me into a three by mile. And I think my first one was like sub six, but then my last one was like eight twenty. <laughs> like, Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Like yeah. I, I was, really <laughs> they probably sad. didn't know what you
0: were doing either. Like, what is yeah. this guy doing right now?
1: <laughs> yeah, And I, they, they thought I was an idiot. I was an idiot. That's fine. Um,
0: I mean, you're in yeah. high school, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, was a high school sophomore who didn't know anything. Um, but you know, eventually I think a lot of us get into running the same way. You like realize that you could be good at it and then it becomes mm. a lot more fun because mm-hmm. it actually feels mm-hmm. like you're training to like be something. Mm. And yeah, by by my junior year, I was like, Okay, I wanna take this, I wanna take this seriously. So
0: Yeah. Did you ever think that you could be good at running, like even when you're I mean, I guess when you're playing football, you said you had one of the faster forties. So, like, did that kind yeah, of make you think running
1: maybe- wasn't yeah. I, I didn't know anything about distance running though. Right. Um,
0: Cause obviously it's a complete, like,
1: I feel like every, everybody who's fast thinks they could, they like assume like, Oh, if I wanted to run a fast mile, I could, but like, mm-hmm. they can't, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but I, I had no idea I'd be any good at distance. running. Like even after high school, like when I was going into college, I was like, I want to be good at distance running. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can be, but Luckily I had a great college coach and he kind of helped me like he helped me get there. So,
0: yeah. Uh, how did your, you know, experience at Haverford kind of facilitate your growth into where you are now with your two fourteen?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a, like my, my coach at Haverford, Tom Donnelly is like a legend, like literally in the coaching hall of fame. And, uh, he always just like had belief in me. Like when I came in, I didn't think I was anything special. And like, I got, that was proven to me right away. I was, like our conference meet during college, like the top 12 guys on your team can run in my freshman year. I didn't even get to run at our conference meet. I was not top 12 on my own team, but Mm. like after that season, he like came up to me and he's like, I think you could be one of the best runners in the country in a couple of years. And I was like, I don't know. why," And I was like, I don't know why you think that, but I hope you're right. (laughs) And he, I mean, d3 wise he ended up being right which like still blew my mind but he always just had this confidence in me that even like i did not have Mm. Uh, i don't know what he saw or if he just said that to everybody but when he got me to believe like it definitely helps because he's the sort of guy too like when you have a coach like that when they tell you something you just want to believe it because you're like this Mm. guy has done everything he's coached everybody like, I mean, he at one point was coaching the the world record holder for the 1500. So like, who am I to say like, this guy's wrong about anything? Like he Mm. knows more than I could ever possibly know. Um, and I credit him too, for getting me into coaching. Like I saw what he did and I was like, this guy has the best job on earth. That's what I want to be. So
0: yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, how did like, how did he kind of work with you slowly into where you are now? Kind of like, you know, slow buildups and mileage and workouts and everything. Like how, how was that? You know, just For give me sure. a little
1: bit of He detail. actually, he actually preached to this a lot where like, he said that a lot of coaches in college operate under having a one year plan four different times while you're in college.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he said that he would never do that. It was one four year plan instead of four one year plans. So like the goal was always like, it was laid out to me, like as early as freshman year, it was like, your goal is going to be try to hit seventy miles this year, eighty miles next year, ninety miles when you're a junior, and a hundred miles when you're a senior. That was going to be my game plan. Like, if you could hold on to that sort of mileage, you were going to be pretty darn good. And I ended up going a little bit ahead of that curve. I started hitting. I hit my first hundred. I think during my sophomore year, and I was consistently mm-hmm. in the hundreds before my junior year, and like in the one ten range my senior year. But like it was always just about progressively adding mileage. And honestly, in terms of workouts, like workouts never got more intense. It was more just, can you do the same intensity of workout while maintaining a much higher volume, which in Mm. a way makes the workouts feel more intense without ever actually, you know, really hammering more intervals or, you you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Would you say that's reflected in like how you're training now? Like, With with you're going like hundred, you're doing 130 miles a week right now, or or is that kind of roughly your range? Um,
1: this will be my first like in in the 130 of the season, but Mm, like mm -hmm. during my last marathon build, like 125 to 130 was pretty common. And before I got COVID, my last three weeks before that were 120 to 125. So I'd say 120s consistently. I hit a 140 during my marathon build just cuz i like doing that sort of thing i think that <laughs> i think it hardens you um yeah but yeah i'd say i i i train with the same philosophy like not many of my workouts on paper are like something where you'd be like oh this is a guy who can run 214 like i think the one exception to that was probably the the one we just talked about at the end of the 130 mile week mm-hmm. but most mm-hmm. of what i did it wasn't it wasn't that special it was more just about I put in two good workouts a week while doing a lot of mileage and while nothing was flashy, like that adds up. I, I don't mm-hmm. think training mm-hmm. needs to be flashy to be good.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, making like, I made my own training plan for this upcoming track season and I looked back on it like yesterday uh, after reading some literature and like rethinking things. And I was like, these workouts are so complicated. Like if you can't remember your workout, like on the track, there's a problem. And like definitely yeah. some of the workouts I wrote, I would have to look at a piece of paper and write everything down.
1: Yeah. On it and you and you wrote it yourself too. And so. I wrote
0: it myself. And then, and it's funny cause I wrote a training plan for someone from my high school who went to my high school. He wants to improve his 800. And it was so simple and it made so much sense. And I looked at mine, I was like, I made a better plan for him than me. Like I'm doing things differently for me than I am for my athlete, yeah. and it's like this. And
1: honestly, like this is nothing against you. This is just sort of my general rule. This is why, like, I was coaching myself until this past fall, and I had to stop. I I realized when I was coaching myself, I couldn't be objective, mm. and I, I I realized the same thing. Like, I coach a lot of people, and I don't. I wasn't giving myself the same sort of stuff I was giving any of them, and I was like, that might be a problem. I don't think I can look at myself as just another athlete. Like, it works for some people. It did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like I, I, I quit coaching. I fired myself. Um, <laughs> you
0: fired yourself. I mean, I would say yeah. you're a pretty great coach. I mean, uh, tell me a little bit about your coaching. Actually, like, how many athletes do you have? You said you have a lot.
1: Um, it fluctuates. A lot of them are high schoolers, which sort of dip in and out based on the season. But I'm consistently sending out training plans right now to about 25 people. Okay. Um, a lot of high schoolers, which. High schoolers are tough to coach, man. They they are needy. Um, I love them. I love them. And stubborn too.
0: And stubborn Um, too.
1: Oh yeah, because a lot of them, and I was the same way. They think they know. They think they know everything, Mm
0: -hmm. and they don't. Yeah. Um,
1: and you're like trying to teach. You're not just trying to coach them. You're trying to teach them, and it, it like takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm always trying to expand. Like I I need to do more like actual advertising of my coaching. I'm not good at putting myself out there um because i'm like trying to make this like my whole living like the whole running and coaching thing so i need to like learn to actually advocate for myself but yeah big big roster i have a lot of fun with it um and we've had we've had good success i mean this last cross country season alone we had a handful of state medalists i should know the number off the top of my head a bunch of state qualifiers and uh i actually i was the head coach of a Cross of a high school cross country team, and we won districts on both the boys and the girls side for the first oh. time in school history.
0: Oh, what team was but, um,
1: it? Holy Redeemer.
0: Wow, that's um, very impressive.
1: Yeah, we're, we're nestled up in the Wilkes Bear area, but yeah, yeah, it was a, a good season. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, how did it feel to facilitate like such a victory for this high school team that you were coaching? I mean, that had to be pretty great.
1: It, it was one of the more rewarding days of my life. I mean, running is great, and like, You know, that feeling of when you set a PR, yeah. like, it's so cool coaching wise, because you don't even have to run it like you feel that sort of elation, even when Mm. like your athletes Mm. PR, and you can have that like 10 times in one day, Mm. if it's like a good meet for your guys. So just like winning that high school district championship, and we weren't projected to win on either side. Like, coming in, like, we had just lost the conference championship to the team that was supposed to win at districts. Like, we had faced them a week earlier on the exact same course and Mm. lost by four points. And we beat them by 13 at districts, and that was huge. Mm. And then on the girls' side, we, like, the meet finished, and, like, I had scored everything by hand, and I had us losing by one point. But it turned out that there was two different runners in the top seven that didn't have full teams. So they didn't factor into scoring. And we ended up winning by one point after thinking we had lost. And mm. it was just the craziest roller coaster <laughs> ever. Yeah. <So> like, <laughs> like being just so defeated that we had lost by one point to like we just won the district title <laughs> by one point. It was makes the amazing. high
0: makes the high even better.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah. What did it look like coaching a high school team? I mean, were you an assistant coach or were you the head coach or I
1: was the head coach? Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah. What did, what did that like experience? What was that experience like for you? Um, would you go to practice and kind of obviously I guess you're head coach, so you would go to the practices and be with them. And like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, first off, like I was really grateful because the reason I actually got the job was their head coach left that like he had retired and I was already coaching two of the guys on the team privately. And like, they reached out to the athletic director themselves and were like, you should hire this guy mm. because they were just, they, I already coached them and they wanted me to keep coaching them. And if it was official, that'd be even better. And then like, they reached out to me and like hired me. And uh, it was just kind of a magical first season. It, it's definitely different adjusting from coaching individuals to coaching a full team. Mm. Um mm but it was just so much fun. Like I got to run with the team a lot, which I really enjoyed. I think they really enjoyed it too, especially like after the Philadelphia marathon and like the whole top 10 U S thing. Like they love to be like, Oh, like we're running with a two Like <laughs> That, that, that part was fun.
0: Man, um, I, would, I would be saying that I all the time.
1: I'm just like another, like, I'm just like another guy to them. Like I'm just mm-hmm. their coach who shows up in practice every day. So it's like this weird dynamic, but yeah, I, it was a great experience. I want to keep coaching at the high school level. I I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic and rewarding experience. So.
0: Yeah. uh, What are some of like the main difficulties you face, you know, coaching a high school team? I feel like uh, as an aspiring coach myself, uh, who maybe wants to coach a high school team someday too, it, it does seem a little daunting, like taking on so many athletes and being able to, you know, both personalize to like people, but also make it more general. So it can be applied to all different groups of pace, different paces and ability levels. How do you do that?
1: that You you hit the nail on the head right there. I came in trying to be too individual. I tried to have like, I mean, there was, I think 12 guys and 12 girls are like right about there for our team. So like 24 people. And I came in off the bat thinking like, okay, there's going to be 24 individual training plans here. And like, I realized very quickly, that's just not possible. It, Mm -hmm. It really isn't. Um, so I, like, I had to find that balance that we were just talking about. And I got a lot better at, at it as the season went on because I, I was also learning the athletes. Like, I think your first year of high school coaching is tough because, or like coaching any team because not only are you trying to write training plans for these people, you don't know the people that you're writing training plans for. Mm, like, mm. And high school kids oftentimes don't have like a good training history. Like, If you start coaching an, an adult, they can give you a good rundown and probably point you to a Strava where they've done all their training and logging forever. Mm, but high school mm. kids don't have that. You have to learn what works for them because they don't know what works for them yet. And then you have to find the best ways to incorporate what works with that for them. And what's also going to work for the team as a whole. And like, mm. I'm not going to lie. Like there was definitely some workouts where I just, I missed, you know, like the workout was too hard for like the weather or something that day. But like, I learned and I think I became a better coach this season because of it. And Mm -hmm. I think going forward, like it's going to make me better. It's going to make my teams better. And I'm, I'm happy with that. I I don't think you can, you can't bat a thousand as a coach. There's going to be, there's going to be misses just like there is in running. Like if you go through a workout crushing, or if you go through a season crushing every workout, you probably weren't doing your workouts. Right. So I think it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's very interesting to hear. Um, what what you know? What kind of things did you do that you saw kind of the greatest benefits from your your athletes? You know that you've coached and both in high school and your other athletes and um. Think also on the other hand, things that just really didn't work well. Um, you know, could be ideas that you have you think that worked for, well for you but don't for them or, yeah. What kind of was most beneficial? Most kind of.
1: I think the biggest thing, and this is like even amplified at the high school level, is that most people don't have enough strength uh, because a lot of like college systems and especially a lot of high school systems are so speed focused. Like even during cross country, Mm -hmm. like I was looking around the league and I was seeing like, Oh, this coach is having his athletes rip 200 meter repeats in July and August. And I was like, that's interesting. That's not how I would do it. And I, I think I just focus a lot, especially early season on just like, A ton of mile repeats a ton of tempo work and I didn't even realize this until like more recently but I'm basically mimicking the Haverford system but like on a on like a more individualistic scale like Mm -hmm. taking the the workouts that I really enjoyed from that and incorporating a lot of those and just like sort of building up strength because that was really the focus of our whole program like obviously Mm -hmm. during track season we hit plenty of of intervals but like the underlying thing was like high volume low rest type workouts and I find that that really works for a lot of people Mm. um and I'd say in terms of like what I missed with is kind of thinking that that works for everybody and being stubborn sometimes like I feel like as a coach you have a tendency sometimes and this is speaking like about me but I assume it applies to other coaches is like you have like sometimes you'll see the writing on the wall that like this part of the system doesn't work for this kid, but you're stubborn about it. And you're like, it'll work eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think like I've been learning, but need to continue to learn to be more flexible and Mm -hmm. like not be so married to what I like because not every kid is going to like the same thing. Not every person's going to thrive in the same system. And you got to learn to tailor the system to the person and not try to tailor the person to the system.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What are um, some of your favorite workouts you like to prescribe for your athletes or yourself, or I guess you're not self-coached anymore. So
1: maybe uh, not answer for anymore. your
0: athletes first, and then maybe tell me what your favorite workout is for yourself.
1: Um, I love mile repeats. Mile repeats with 200 jog is my favorite thing to give anybody. I think it's so versatile. Like you're getting a short snippet of rest, probably 60 seconds and you're just building this big aerobic base. I love I love mile repeats and on the speed side of things my favorite type of interval is 300s. Mm. I think you can I think you can sort of fake 200s whenever you need to like no matter what's happening in a workout but 300s can really they can really get you and get the lactic going and I think I I just really like to prescribe 300s and sometimes if I'm feeling feeling a little mean I like the 300s with 100 jog and that really gets people
0: <laughs> those are hard. That
1: really gets people in their, in their well, which I think is, is good for people sometimes. Um, in terms of me, I can tell you that I avoid tempos like the plague. I hate tempo Like, like long, long uninterrupted stuff. I just, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not focused like that. Like, I think what surprises a lot of people about me, if you like go through my Strava, you'll find like a lot of like eight or 10 mile tempos where I do it entirely on the track. Like Mm, I don't do,
0: mm.
1: I don't really do any work on the road. I don't like the road. It's not.
0: Everything you're saying right now is contradicting your marathon. Oh,
1: I I know. I I like, I don't like the road. You don't like
0: tempos,
1: (laughs) but I don't think everybody needs to be on the road for long tempos to be a good marathoner. Like Mm, mm -hmm. I, I like the uniformity and like knowing exactly what pace I'm on. Like if I'm prescribed an eight mile tempo at five flat pace, I'm perfectly happy to go, go off and click seventy fives for 40 minutes. Like that doesn't bother me. Like some people that would bore them and they'd go crazy, but that's, Mm. I'm not going to complain about that. The road is boring to me Mm. and it's stressing me out because I never know what pace I'm going. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I hate tempos. I love mile repeats myself. I love 800 repeats. Really anything in the ballpark of like, intervals of 800 to like love 800s 1ks miles even up to two mile intervals like that's that's my sort of sweet spot
0: hmm. two mile because intervals like, i like two mile intervals those yeah, are nice yeah, those are nice yeah I like find a, big benefit a from good them.
1: three by two mile like oh, three yeah. by two miles a pretty classic workout and yeah. it's nice because you get through one rep and you've done two miles of work already but you only have two intervals left Mm-hmm. like that, that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic you can wrap your head around three reps of anything i think
0: so yeah yeah when you say you hate tempos like you mean on the road but on the track you don't mind them or you just hate them in general and they're just I a little better general, on the track
1: but they're bearable on the
0: track they're bearable on the track so you yeah. would you say you like the monotony of just going around a circle
1: i i like the track a lot yeah like, even yeah. so i live in a very hilly area i don't live in philly currently i live outside of scranton uh, in a place called Dunmore. And I like live at the top of this huge hill. Like if I was to go that way, my first mile is 250 feet downhill. So oh. I hardly ever <laughs> go that way. I spend so much of my time running a quarter mile from my house at this little mm. gravel track. And like, mm. sometimes I'll just go out there and do like a nine mile run where I'm doing like a half mile, like a quarter mile to the gravel track however many laps quarter mile back and that's my run and i'm perfectly
0: happy with that yeah and and you get the soft surface i mean exactly, exactly. even though even though recently i discovered that there actually is no evidence that soft surface re- prevents injury or does has anything sometimes to do with it
1: sometimes it just feels nice though
0: yeah i mean also placebo you know if yeah. you think it you know you'll start ignoring your pain exactly. uh, <laughs> yeah we have like a we have a like a gravel track like we call it the oval it's like one kilometer and like i have friends who just go up there and do like circles around i, I personally like hate that like
1: it's 1k though that's kind of nice
0: it's very nice yeah i mean it's our go-to spot for workouts like anytime we yeah. have k's or anything like that we just you just do the oval and it's like it's perfect yeah
1: we've got this place probably two miles from where i'm at where it's an army reserve facility i don't know exactly what they do there or what that even means but there's a track surface, like, like one. I guess it'd be like two lanes of track surface. Mm. Uh, one k loop around the building. A one k cool. track surface is pretty nice. That's a leap. The, the only issue is it's not entirely flat. You're getting like 20 feet per loop. Okay. But if you're doing like one k repeats, like for like in prep for cross country, I think it could be perfect for that. Man, not that's that very that cool
0: that's that's yeah. really interesting i mean wow i don't i've never thought of tracks that are just on anything other than a 400 meter oval
1: exactly it's, it's sort of <laughs> it's sort of life changing.
0: yeah i i think there's a track in like europe that's like very hilly it's like a very strange like 1k i think it's a 1k or like an 800 and it just has like undulation on it and it's the weirdest thing fun. it's That'd bizarre i think it would be fun but like i wonder if they I host events spend there and stuff. Way too
1: much fame on that, honestly
0: <laughs> i wonder if they host events on there i mean you can do oh, some I'm like sure do. really sure weird yeah my friends will be all over that i got some hill geeks um <laughs> who live with me they just love hills i got a guy who just like that's what he lives for i mean it works do, out because we're live in pittsburgh
1: with, so sorry do you live with all runners
0: yeah uh, I that's feel like that's a tendency of runners, you know, you just kind of band yeah. with other runners and, uh, I got,
1: training
0: yeah. Right. I mean, I got six, you know, training partners just living with me. So I that's mean, really it, nice. it is nice. I mean, yeah, we, we all run for the club and like, yeah, we just like from day one, we've been good friends. So, I mean, it's a little different this year. Cause we used to go up in this one car together to Meets and now I have my own car here, so I have to drive. I drive like other kids up to the race. Who I like them too, but it's not like you know my like squad really. But yeah, yeah. You know, it's a struggle. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting way off topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. I I wrote a bunch of questions. I I don't think I've asked any of these. I've just been like, you know, living in the yeah. moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I was gonna ask. Uh, you know, what kind of do you have future plans? Are you going to stick with, you know, Philly runner track club or do you have, uh, you know, a vision of the future, like five to 10 years down the line, you know, what, what do you think about that?
1: So I think, I mean, technically speaking, I'm not with Philly runner track club right now. Uh, I am working on some stuff, uh, which I won't go into. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, hoping to be sponsored officially shortly here. Uh, prog could help that ha- help that fact but i mean obviously the goal that i think every runner thinks about is like being fully sponsored um mm-hmm. i think the difference with me is i don't really want to be associated with like a specific pro club at this point um mostly because i really like the freedom to live where i want to live like i want to move back to philly like as soon as possible i think mm. Um, Mm. and obviously there's not going to be a pro club set up in Philly anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I also, I, I just really like my coach and I want to stick with him. Mm. So I'm looking for sort of a, a a sponsorship that'll allow me a lot of freedom and, uh, you know, to be where I want to be, be coached to, I want to be coached by, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm staying all in on this thing, coaching, running. And if I can make money doing that, or at least enough to, to just keep doing what I'm doing, which is uh, really all I need. I don't need money. I just need. I just want to run fast.
0: So yeah, you just want to do what makes you happy, man. Exactly. So take take me through a day right now. I mean, you're co- are you coaching currently? I mean, you you yeah. are right. You have athletes. Um, yeah. What does that look like with both? You know, hitting some crazy mileages and you know, coaching.
1: Um, the nice part about coaching is. I can get training partners sort of whenever I want. I can mm-hmm. just be like, I know, like, I know you're running 10 miles today cause I gave it to you. So let's meet <laughs> up for that run. Uh, so like this morning I ran 10 miles with one of the athletes that I've been coaching longer than anyone. He's a really promising Would He's a freshman in college, but he's not running for his team. Uh, good miler. Uh, but yeah, ran with him this morning, came back napped key key to high mileage uh went to practice with my high school team ran ran with them added a little bit extra on came back cooked dinner i'm huge on cooking uh i have plenty of free time for that and then sort of my night is full of recovery stuff i hop in the compression boots i do my my core exercises my hip exercises and then i go to sleep and we we run it all back the next day
0: so you drop the bomb on the uh, Norma Tech compression boots? Those are, those are the, best, <laughs> the best to ever. Yeah, the, like do they?
1: Every since I've had them for like the last three years.
0: So yeah, I mean, yeah, worthwhile investment if you're using them, like every yeah, day. I mean, exactly. Do you notice? Do you notice the benefits of it? Like,
1: I I definitely have felt. Like if I miss a day, I feel a little bit more lethargic on my run the next day. Like I I truly mm. it might be placebo. Like and if that's the case, I'm okay with that too. Like <laughs> if it's working, it's working. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it keeps me fresher at high mileage. Cause I, I just mm. think like obviously I feel pretty good most of the time doing what I'm doing, but I'm like fully mm. aware that I'm pretty close to that red line. So like I just, am going to do everything I can to like stay healthy because Mm, mm. again, injuries are one of the most frustrating things you can have. Like I was miserable last week, just being sick and having to miss five days for that. Like, I can't imagine being long-term injured. I would just lose my mind.
0: So (laughs) yeah, I saw your caption. I was like, this guy's kind of down bad right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love your captions. They're just like, the title is like, the description and like usually there's nothing in the actual description <laughs> yeah.
1: and most of the most of the time they don't have anything to do with the run <laughs> yeah i saw your
0: i saw from i think it was yesterday i read you said i have no idea what i'm doing and nobody can stop me and i just yeah. i cracked up because like this guy's a 214 marathoner like he obviously knows what he's doing
1: <laughs> that's that's the thing though I, I still don't know what i'm doing and mm. that title that title was sort of a reference to my coach being like You shouldn't run Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and then after that run, I think I was at like 38 miles through two days, and I was just like, "I don't know what I'm doing here. This is (laughs) not, but I, I, this is what I'm going to do."
0: So (laughs) that's great. I mean, it sounds like
1: that's one of the rare titles where it like actually means something. I just have a, I have a note page in my phone just full of like nonsense sentences that I just like (laughs) cut cut and paste for my drama
0: title my friend does that too i mean his dramas like they never make sense like it's just the words that he thought you. of during his run and but you guys would get along then really well yeah. <laughs> uh going back to you know your your days you know what your days look like these uh, this time around um it sounds like everything just kind of intertwines well with your your running and your coaching because you get the athletes to like run with you but um Yeah. Do you like, so you'll run easy, like alone sometimes, but then will you go to, you know, watch their workouts and everything? Like, will you go to all your athletes workouts?
1: Um, not all of them just because they don't all live in the same general area, but like Mm. I, I, I attend a lot of workouts Mm. and sometimes I'll like incorporate their like rest intervals into my easy run or something like that. Or sometimes I'm just standing there watching, which I try to avoid this time of year just because it's so cold. And Mm, standing mm. out in the cold is miserable. So I try to get some running done during that time. But yeah, and and like sometimes if it's a workout, like that's sort of a nice part too. Mm. Like I have athletes of all ability levels and for some of them, like a good tempo or steady run might be seven minute pace or high sixes. And I can comfortably do that for my easy pace.
0: Mm, So mm. not
1: only can I be getting my mileage in, but I can be actively helping them through their workout. Like I can pace Mm. them and it's not, it's not like affecting my running and then that's just that's good for everybody yeah. um so yeah i i think i think coaching and running goes together pretty well the one time it doesn't is like during meets like when you're coaching in a meet it's so hard to think about mileage and so hard to get mileage in and i don't think there's anything more exhausting than coaching in a meet like it feels way worse than running like mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. confirm that at this point <laughs> so like this weekend i'm already stressing because on Saturday, I'm taking a bunch of my high school kids from Redeemer to a meet at Ocean Breeze in Staten Island. And then mm-hmm. on Sunday, I'm taking a bunch of my other athletes that aren't on Holy Redeemer to a meet in at Susquehanna. So I've got a double meet weekend, and I'm going to yeah. have to get in 40-plus miles that weekend myself. And it's just like
0: – Oh, man, where are you going to get gonna that in? Fun. Just like really yeah. early in the morning, just – out there.
1: (laughs) That's the thing though. I'm not, I'm not an early morning guy. If you look through my Java, you're going to find very few runs that start before like 10 AM.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It used to be worse. You can find some stuff in there where I was like doubling and it was like 2 PM and like 6 PM. Um, (laughs) three hours
0: in between your runs. Yeah.
1: I don't recommend that, but that's, I'm more structured now that I'm taking it more seriously, but right.
0: Yeah. You have more time on hand to like do, exactly. you know, structure your life around running rather than exactly. the other way around.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have excuses now. If I don't run until the afternoon now, it's purely because I'm a lazy procrastinator, which I, <laughs> I, am. um, but that's on me.
0: Uh, you said you'd like to cook. What do you, uh, oh, you know, I love to cook. Tell me a little Italian bit about that. How food. much ex- Italian food?
1: Italian food all the time. So I cook so many different pasta dishes and so much (laughs) pasta. Like at one point, I was keeping track of like how many pounds of pasta I cooked, and I want to say it was like a three month span last summer where I consumed like thirty two pounds of pasta in three months. And (laughs) it's crazy yeah it's like that's like half a pound of pasta like per day almost like it was
0: yeah yeah it was
1: absurd um but that's that's what i like to do i like to i like to cook i like to experiment i bake a lot it's fun stuff
0: that's really cool
1: i feel like it goes nicely because like so for a lot of people running is like that stress reliever but sometimes Mm. when you're like taking it very seriously and you're like Oh, if I don't run well, then I probably don't have enough money to continue to like live this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, it can actually yeah. be kind of stressful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, like, cooking sort of has replaced running as being like my main stress relieving activity.
0: Yeah, so, it's hard to think of running as like not being a stress reliever, like actually inducing stress, just because like it
1: does sometimes, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, dog, I can imagine My
1: workout like... sends me spiraling. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, but it does just one bad workout and you're like down bad just
1: (laughs) that's that's another advantage to not coaching myself because when you coach yourself and you have a bad workout then it's not only you as an athlete being like man you suck but your coach is also like (laughs) you you do suck Um,
0: like you made a bad workout for yourself and you're bad
1: yeah So (laughs) now I have a coach that'll just be like Nah, dude chill like you had a good workout literally tuesday that was one of the best ones of your life like you didn't lose fitness in three days like that's not how <laughs> this worked so yeah
0: yeah i mean how many bad work or bad workouts quote, how many bad workouts did you have like during your philly block like would you said
1: that was a good seat like i only had one workout that was like off mark i would say for like a four-month span, which wow does not usually happen for me. In college, mm-hmm. I would say – I mean, it, you can look at my first page and be like, oh, this guy was all over the place in college. And we talked about – I talked about that in the podcast a little bit. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I just didn't – I didn't have it at all. And like last season was the first one where I felt like everything sort of clicked the whole way. And maybe that was just like having a coach that was – really dialing it in for me or maybe it was just a string of good consistency but I, I was I was really happy with it overall yeah and it was also like sometimes like I had a tendency to just like have like weird things happen where I had to like miss days where I would just like get really sick for a couple days but I went for the first time and as long as I can remember I think I went like four or five straight months without missing a day of running and that mm-hmm. was that was pretty huge for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes like I can do the same thing, like get really worked up about like a bad workout, but in the grand scheme of things, like it just doesn't matter. Like,
1: I mean, one bad workout is, is nothing. It's literally nothing. And I know that right now, but that doesn't stop me post bad workout from thinking (laughs) it's the end of the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it starts getting concerning when it's like several in a row. Like I remember my sophomore year i was actually like probably in the best shape i've ever been in uh and i was running some good times i ran like nine twenty two mile and it was like it felt way too easy and it was like at the start of my season um and i remember first off I well i sp- i sprained my ankle or no this is the order so i got mono but i didn't know it so i was actually i did like two weeks of workouts where i had mono and i was working out with some fast guys like uh, guy Nick Wolk who runs for Pitt's team, like, or he did, and yeah. he's very fast. I know, I
1: know of Nick. Yeah, you
0: know him. Yeah, um, I know of him.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how many do, but he he's kind of a legend around here. But um, I was running with him, and ripping workouts, and like feeling good. And then, yeah, I, I didn't know I had mono, and I I just started like really falling apart in workouts, and I, it was painful. I mean, I was down astronomically to say the least. I, I was like, I don't that know. What's going you
1: on. realize you had mono, like. I,
0: you, I started to, to have that thought. World? I started to have that thought around the third workout. We did a, you know, the, like the Michigan, like the classic oh, like Michigan, workout. <laughs> I did the Michigan with mono and it was like the worst workout of my life. And at that point I was like, yeah, I think there's something wrong. So, and then I had a fever for like two weeks and I was like, yeah, I think I have mono. So I got That's- tested, <laughs> came in, I had mono. I get, I start getting back into running. I twist my ankle really bad. I'm out for like two weeks. It was, a, it was awful. But, uh, Yeah. Anyway, I was down bad. I I know how that feels to just be really down about it. Sometimes it's out of your control. You know, it's just your body doesn't want to do it. So.
1: I mean, that's that's the thing with like when you get something like mono, there's literally nothing you could have done to, like it's not like you went out and got a stress fracture, like where it's like an overuse thing. Like mono is mono. Like if it gets you, that's just all there is to it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things you just like can get. I mean whatever. I don't even know how I got it. Too,
1: mono is Mono can hang around for like a long time, right? Yeah,
0: like it's it, sort of, it took like me it out for like a month. A
1: week, it could be a month. Like uh, that would be that would be upsetting.
0: But, yeah, it was. Yeah, but I, for two weeks not knowing what was going on, why I was sucking so bad after like hitting these like pretty nice times for where I was at. Uh, were you like
1: a little bit relieved when you were like, "Oh, like this is what's wrong it's not just yeah kind of like well right when right when I
0: figured out I texted Wolk and uh another partner uh, Nick Cardamone, actually uh we were oh yeah I love
1: Nick
0: he's great I love him and hey, shout out to Cardamode if he's watching this video uh anyway I messaged them right after I figured it out and I was like yeah I had mono when we did the Michigan <laughs> just to like just to like kind of like you know 'Cause both of them were like, yikes, this kid's like dying. Like I remember like they did job recoveries and I had to just completely stop and I was like panting. And I, I just had to text him at right when I don't know why, just like protect my pride or something. I feel like sometimes we just care way too much about like oh for our, sure. Our running and it becomes our identity. And like so I was I texted them right away. I didn't <laughs> I didn't want them to think I just had a bad workout, you at the end of the day, who cares? And,
1: and the reality of it is they probably like I mean they were obviously gonna be upset for you that you had mono but they probably didn't think twice about you having a bad workout
0: (laughs) i don't think they did no i I think they could have cared less honestly they probably forgot about it a day later i they probably remembered again when i texted them but uh yeah it's quite funny um yeah speaking of debilitating things did you ever have any like big injuries that you had to overcome or um anything else
1: um injuries not well one right at the beginning of of covid i tore my labrum in my hip and that was that was super annoying Mm. um Mm. because it was only partially torn so they weren't going to do surgery and they were like technically you could probably run on this but it won't heal Mm. and i tried to run for a little bit and then it just like it was awful so Mm. i was like okay like it's covid Anyway, like there were no meets on the horizon. Like you, you remember, like everything was, was gone. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this eight weeks off and try to actually heal up. But mm. luckily that mm. came at a time where it like, wasn't super impactful. But besides that, I've been relatively lucky on the injury front. I had a freak non-weight bearing stress fracture my senior year of college. Um, but that didn't put me out for very long. Uh, I think it was just like four or five weeks Um, besides that. Yeah. I was, I've been, I've been lucky. I I feel like. Sounds like a pretty
0: decent record. Yeah. I feel like
1: high mileage guys aren't often as lucky as I've Mm. been with, with injuries. Um, So I'm, I mean, fingers crossed on that. Hopefully I haven't just cursed myself, but.
0: (laughs) That's just voices screaming, do a marathon. Like I think that's the perfect distance for you then. Like you can handle the high mileage and like, You have a pretty low injury record. like I think that's perfect. I mean,
1: honestly, one of the reasons I started wanting to do the marathon is just like, I realized that my training didn't make much sense. Like you can run 120, 130 miles a week and do a 5k, but it's probably not the optimal way to do a 5k. Mm. So I was like, Mm. I'm going to do marathons to justify the mileage that I want to do, which I don't know (laughs) if that I don't think any coach would advise that that's how you choose, mm. but that's, that's mm. what I did. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you going into Philly? Did you have any, did, uh, did you done a half before or something, or did you kind of go straight I, to that? Before?
1: I still have never done like a legitimate half marathon. My uh.
0: half marathon
1: PR is from a small race in Virginia that I've won twice. And I just do it because they have decent prize money, if I'm being honest. And I, <laughs> it, my half marathon PR is slower pace-wise than my full marathon PR currently. So.
0: Oh, so you can just count your half PR as the 66 or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's pretty great. Would you want to do a half? Oh yeah, I've got
1: to. have got to get a fast half in this year. You my coach get, wants me to target it. like sixty-two thirty, which sounds yeah. terrifying, but. <laughs> I mean, my current 68, or I think it's like 67, 55 just isn't, it's not going to cut it.
0: <laughs> so, oh, you can definitely get that down. I I mean, <laughs> I personally really like the half. I think it's like a great distance.
1: Um, it seems like a fun distance. Like, I feel like it'd yeah. be in my wheelhouse. It's just, I think so. Half marathon opportunities are like strangely hard to come by. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, I want to do a good 10 mile or two. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about doing cherry blossom. This spring, um, yeah. I wanted to do Broad Street desperately, but it's the week before my marathon, so like,
0: mm. nah. Man, um, I, I want to do that one too. It's on my graduation weekend. Uh, oh <laughs> I might, yeah,
1: I might just get graduation
0: that. weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Priority, priorities, priorities, <Yeah>, priorities. Right?
0: <laughs> no, cherry blossoms a good one. I've heard really good things about that race. Yeah, ten miles are too. fun.
1: It might be the U S 10 mile championship. Again, it was last year. I don't know about this year, mm-hmm. but if it is, then I'm definitely doing it.
0: Yeah. Um, you could probably get into the elite field.
1: That's what I'm hoping. Cause I really want to spend like this year sort of making my, making a name for myself sort of on the U S road circuit, because mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Philly doesn't get tons of attention as like a marathon because it's yeah. not like one of the, the big majors. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like for a branding and sponsorship purpose, like I kind of need to, I need to be making like splashes at bigger races yeah. or at least trying to.
0: So Prague's your first or 15 K road champs. And then Prague, those are kind of the, that'll definitely get your name out there. If you have good performances, I mean,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, if I run fast at, well, if I don't run super fast at Prague, nobody will notice because it's not even in the country, but <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. Like, I think if I can run like 212 or 213 there, it should draw some attention. If yeah, I, I mean, run another 214, I don't think it'll register for, for anybody. <laughs>
0: so. I mean, you were on the top 10 list for record eligible courses this year as an American. So I, I think your, your name's kind of on there already, but I mean,
1: I, I mean, <laughs> I, still, I don't think most people would know who I am. Like maybe in yeah. like the Philadelphia area, but like, Mm, i think mm. if you asked any of the other guys on that top 10 list who's dylan geringer there, there's <laughs> not a single chance they know who I am. <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny you, like, you I might be you might be Gale right be
1: i don't deserve to be known by them but i want to be
0: so. yes that's the goal be known by the best Was by for the... I, don't,
1: I don't want galen Rupp to know who i am i'm scared what?
0: of him you're scared of galen Rupp? oh yeah he's intimidating he is- He's Galen Rupp. I mean he's, he's Galen Rupp. He has no social media. He never says anything on like there's no trace of him on the internet. He's just a beast, smashes all the races.
1: He's just built to run. He's a running machine. That's just he, what he, he is.
0: He runs scary too. He runs right up on your heels, even in the marathon.
1: He won't did... be on my heels, so
0: <laughs> did you uh but did he... you watch the Olympics marathon with uh, Kipchoge? and Galen? Oh of Rupp? course. Did you see that yeah. encounter they had?
1: Yeah, and a same same thing happened in Rupp's first marathon when he was clipping Meb's heels at the trials.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he's
1: kind of known for that. You know, he's actually the reason, well, I'm very vaguely. Do you remember the awful weather year at Boston where all the elite field dropped out, basically, with, like, the pouring rain oh. and Yuki won?
0: I don't know that one specifically.
1: Okay. Well, Galen Rupp dropped out of that race, uh-huh. and thought he was in really good shape so he went to Prague like five weeks later and ran his 206 that was like his oh, wow. best marathon by a lot at the time so I was like if this course is good is like Galen certified which not many things are like it's got to be good enough for me it's got to be a fast course mm. so <laughs> that's how I that's how I Prague.
0: a little incentive okay all right but did your coach also think like hey you should do this or was that Was that purely your decision to do Prague?
1: So he, so originally I was going to do the Pittsburgh marathon. Um, But then he was kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense because the Pittsburgh marathon is quite hilly as I'm sure you would know. Um, So he was like, if you're going to do a marathon this spring, which I don't think you need to necessarily, like I think it should be something like flatter and fast. So I was like putting out some feelers and there wasn't much just because like the big marathon in the spring is obviously Boston and Boston is so, I mean, it's hilly. It's the weather. So hit or miss. Mm -hmm. And I like just Mm -hmm. on a whim was like, I'm going to reach out to the Prague race director and see if they'll, you know, have me. And they were nice enough to offer me a hotel, you know, personalized bottles uh elite entry like uh, all Mm -hmm. I had to do was fly myself there so I was like can't pass up that opportunity and Mm -hmm. and we sort of locked that one in for the for the spring
0: that's awesome on the topic of famous athletes like Galen Rupp do you have a favorite athlete
1: running or just in general
0: um let's do running and in general let's do both
1: okay my favorite runner who's currently like very big right now is Sarah Hall I think Sarah Hall is amazing I mm-hmm. love, I love her style because I feel like I identify with it, which is that she just likes to race a ton and like go big. Like I respect mm-hmm. that she's not afraid to race like two half marathons, a 20 K and a marathon all in the same season. And she's like done the, the two marathons in the same season thing, like two or three times now. And I just feel like not many like top end racers are like her Yeah, like, so, so much of of running now is like the sort of Bowerman approach where you see them like two or three times a season, like tops. And nice. I, I like the runners who like put themselves out there. And I just think she's pretty awesome. And breaking an American record at 38 years old is a, uh, is a pretty baller baller thing to do.
0: That was an awesome race. That was fantastic. Yeah. Sarah Hall is, I mean, is her, super her cool.
1: and Kira, like
0: yeah. the Kira
1: thing. Kira's I mean, performance she was, was she incredible.
0: Was in yeah. That yeah. was like, what? <laughs>
1: 37 too, 37 and 38 it gives gives us hope that we can be right runners it's, for a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely has to do with just all the running shoe technologies that are out now. I mean, everyone's running in the super shoes and like just recovering better, basically. I mean, it keeps you, people around for longer. Speaking of super shoes, you know, what's your favorite uh racing shoe?
1: The Alpha Fly, Alpha Fly, yeah. I'm an Alpha Fly dude. Um, yeah, they're they're nice, that's just really all there is to it. I know some people, they're nice stick with the vapor fly or the next percents mm. over the alpha flies. They don't work for them for whatever reason, but I do everything in my alpha fly. Like my my system is actually once I get a new pair of racing alpha flies, my previous pair of racing alpha flies becomes my workout
0: mm. alpha flies. Mm.
1: Like I work out exclusively in super shoes and super spikes just because you recover so much quicker. Yeah. And it allows me to stay fresher in between sessions and get in more consistent work and just like have more good sessions. So I know that's controversial to some people, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in the tech So
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's getting less and less controversial now as more and more companies come out with them. I mean, basically every like big company now has a super shoe that like is somewhat competitive with Nike. Like, I mean, frankly, Nike's probably still got the best super shoes, but I mean I've heard the A6 Mess sky is right up there with the next percent. Like,
1: I mean they've got to be the A6 runners are crushing it.
0: I mean Sarah
1: it. being Sarah being one of them obviously. Yeah. Um, obviously Puma's doing something right because mm-hmm. Mo- Molly's not having any problems so yeah I yeah. think I think everybody's really coming around. Yeah. Which is cool. I I want I feel like for a while there the pro landscape was really weird in that if you were signing with a non Nike team, you were basically handicapping yourself in that you were running in lesser technology and like giving yourself mm-hmm. even more of a disadvantage. And I, I I'm glad mm-hmm. that that's going away and yeah. sort of athletes, athletes can sign with a situation that works best for them instead of just yeah feeling like it's Nike or nothing.
0: So I agree. I I'm glad that like the field's kind of level now, like, Yeah, it was unfair for sure, and I agreed with those arguments. But now I think like everyone has a shot at winning with whatever. I think people
1: still need to catch up in the spike department. I think the Dragonfly Mm -hmm. is probably still pretty far ahead of a lot of companies. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure within the next year that should be pretty leveled out as well.
0: Do you run in the Dragonflies? I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What What are your like easy day shoes? uh well, you know uh, you gotta go to New
1: Balance 1080s I I run exclusively in 1080s I yeah. love them they're nice and bouncy I think my last like 12 or 13 pairs of shoes have been 1080s man
0: yeah uh, I mean you stick with what works for you exactly <laughs> have you ever well, tried the one, uh Asics Nova Blast
1: I have not I've actually never I... never run in a pair of Asics shoes despite the whole Billy Runner that's yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going to ask if you've run in like A6 shoes before, just because that's kind of their yeah. sponsor.
1: They, they yeah. never actually gave me any. Um, oh, no? really? No. no they. Huh. There was a lot of. I wasn't like fully living in the city, and like supply was hard to come by with like everything going on with COVID. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There was just a lot of cross wires. And like my 1080s were working for me. So I wasn't like trying to push anybody just because. I think as a runner, you're always afraid that like, if you switch something that works, like you're going to get hurt instantly, which probably isn't true, but like, why Mm. take the chance?
0: Yeah. I'm one of the dummies that like takes the chance. I'm just like a shoe nerd. So I like to try like everything. I think sometimes it backfires. I think the Nova blasts are my favorite, um, like shoe in general that I've run in. I I really like the, um, endorphin speeds for like workouts Okay. Uh, they have the plate still, but it's like a little bit less rigid than like the pro. Gotcha. Um, very good shoe. Yeah, but I would I would say Novo Boss are like, they're just, I think they're really good for long runs and easy runs. They're just versatile, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of what I look for.
1: Have you ever tried, I put them on once. I've never gotten to run in them, but a lot of my friends are obsessed with them. Have you ever tried the Nike Invincibles? I've heard they feel amazing for running.
0: They are fantastic. I had them. Um, but I have a foot issue and it was flaring it up so I had to send them back. But I mean, gotcha. thankfully Nike is like really great with returns. Like I I have some friends or I guess acquaintances who would send back sh- like next percent after a certain amount of mileage. I'm not going to expose I, I wish like, somebody <laughs> who
1: did the, who did the exact same. I, I'm thing. like
0: fair enough, I guess like Use the system, but at the same time, I was like, "That's a little scummy. Like, just a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit."
0: (laughs) But they—they're just like return them, whatever.
1: The—they don't have—they don't have that many miles in them. The next percent, like you can't—you can't go out and put a couple hundred miles. They lose their pop real quick. So that's—that's a pretty smart one to game. I don't know (laughs) if I agree with it morally, but.
0: I mean, some of the things Nikki does aren't not agreeable. So, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's fair. (laughs) But um, anyway, I guess Sarah Hall is your, you know, favorite athlete. Uh, You know, if you could just run with someone, anyone in the world, who would it be? doesn't have to be Sarah Hall.
1: Oh boy, that's big. If I could run with anybody.
0: Steal Insidious Mag's question. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that's big. So if it was a runner, I'd still probably go with Sarah Hall. I'd love to talk to her. And if I could get Mm -hmm. Ryan in on that too.
0: Oh, Ryan's fantastic.
1: Get get two American record holders on the same run. I mean, how could I say no to that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But if we're going anybody, man. I'm trying to think of like who I'm like the biggest fan of, even like outside of running. Because I was thinking like, my favorite athlete outside of running is definitely like Joel Embiid. Big,
0: mm, big fan mm, of
1: the mm-hmm. of the Sixers and
0: trust the process.
1: Yeah, and he, he's just—I mean—he's the funniest guy.
0: He's hilarious.
1: i will go with him anyway. I don't know yeah. how much he could—I don't know how much he could run. I feel like at that. Let's side, just assume it's. Not.
0: Let's just assume it's like a jog, you know, like it's easy yeah. for him to. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, he, he'll take one step to my six or whatever. But. Yeah,
0: seriously, he probably has like a two. He probably has like a one hundred cadence. Exactly. But he runs across the court. I'll go with him. All right. You know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, so I'll just, uh, you know, we'll just close it out here with some uh, short little questions. Um, We'll just—I'm just going to give you two options, and you just have to say which one you prefer. Pretty simple. All right. All right. So, track or road?
1: Track. Easy.
0: Okay. Indoor or outdoor track? Indoor. Okay, cross country or track?
1: Track. Cross country sucks.
0: <laughs> cross country is terrible. Uh, split shorts or half tights? Blitz.
1: I've actually never worn half tights. No? Never. Not once. Oh, you got to try them. No, they scare me. <laughs> they scare you. Why do they scare you? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't like being constricted in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't love, I mean, I wear tights during the winter because I, I hate being cold, but yeah. like, Tights aren't comfy to me. I don't feel like I have full range of motion. I don't like mm, the tight mm. on my legs, so I don't think I'd be a half tights guy.
0: Okay, honestly, it just makes me feel elite when I wear them. That's really the main reason I like them. <laughs> I
1: feel like, like, it always baffles me when marathoners wear half tights because I feel like half tights aren't made for the marathon. Yeah. Like, when I think oh yeah, tights, I feel like you should be mile or lower. Like mm, that, mm-hmm. that's sort of what I associate it with. Yeah, like, that's fair. In- if I was like a 400, 800 guy, I'd be wearing half tights. I'd also oh, like okay. have legs that could actually fill them out at that point too, probably. <laughs> instead of being <laughs> a six thing. they
0: wouldn't fill them out now.
1: No, I'm I'm tiny.
0: <laughs> hey, man, all his distance runners are. <laughs> uh, all right, running hat or no hat? Um,
1: no hat. But during the winter, I'm always wearing a beanie.
0: Okay.
1: But I don't okay. never wear like the caps.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Do you wear like a headband? No. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, just, I just let all this all this bounce around.
0: Uh all right. Um I think I know the answer to this one, but tempos or speed work. Speed work. Okay. That's what I figured. Uh yeah. long runs or like workouts.
1: I love a good long run. I like the big numbers.
0: Okay. Okay. I don't know. I sometimes people use say long runs are workouts, but I usually say them separate. I don't know.
1: Most of my long runs are just time on feet. So I wouldn't, uh-huh. most of my long runs are at easy pace. So I, I okay. feel like I separate them.
0: Yeah. When you say easy pace, you mean like, are they steady? Or are they just really actually easy?
1: Oh, no, like most of my long runs are probably like the exact same pace I would do for like a, a morning shakeout run.
0: Okay. Just to like allow like the recovery so you can hit yeah. the big workouts.
1: Yeah. Cause my, my typical schedule most times is like, tuesday's a good workout friday's a good workout sunday's a long run and then it's just resetting the cycle so if you're like Mm. really going to the well on sunday it's going to be hard to be ready for a good tuesday workout
0: so a lot of
1: it and if it's going to be like a long run workout Mm -hmm. it'll usually Mm -hmm. just be like that'll be one of my sessions for the week so it'll be like wednesday was a workout and then saturday or sunday would okay. be, like, a long-run workout. It wouldn't be, like, okay. Tuesday, Friday, and then Sundays, also a hard long-run. Like, I I don't... Yeah. I don't really ever do more than two workouts a week.
0: I was gonna... My next question was gonna be, do you do... In those weeks where you do a long-run workout, do you do, like, a light session as a third session? Or do you... Yeah. Would you just do, two?
1: Usually, no. Sometimes... Okay. Sometimes there will be, like, an intermediate day where, like, if I just did... Like, if I had a a Sunday workout. And then I wasn't working out until Wednesday again. Like sometimes Monday would be like eight by 32nd Hill sprint, but I don't really consider mm-hmm. that a workout. It's more like glorified yeah. stride.
0: Yeah. Just a little bit of like explosiveness drills. Yeah. Gotcha. But definitely,
1: definitely never like three workouts with even one of them being light. I don't think I've ever really done that.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Um, half marathon or marathon. I don't know.
1: I guess it's gotta be marathon. I
0: guess it's gotta be. You haven't done a half, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, smashing that kudos button on every Strava activity or only giving kudos to activities that catch your eye.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I am very, I, I take a lot of flack for this. Actually. I don't give many kudos. Um,
0: oh, man.
1: I, I there are like people I'm really good friends with that I just like, don't follow on Strava. I'm, I'm bad at following people on Strava. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I don't look at it that often because it makes me anxious. Like I'm somebody who, if I see somebody who I like know I'm going to race, like have a really good workout, like that stresses me out a little bit. Like I want to see my friends have good workouts, and like give them kudos, but like I don't follow people that I have to like really race because Mm -hmm. I'll stress myself out. You know.
0: I agree, hundred percent. Like I avoid it. (laughs) I don't like. I don't. I don't follow most of the guys who run for Pitts team because it just makes me sad honestly like I just look at the words I'm like man that's that's quick
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, like, even if you, like you don't have the full context of their training but you can see some right. workout that are just like I don't yeah. feel like I can do that and then you just get you get in your own head about, or at least I do I get in my own head and mm-hmm. I just don't need mm-hmm. that I think about running too much as it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah how, how much of a day would you say you think about running I, I personally yeah. think about running too much.
1: It's it's too much. I mean, because like I'm doing my own running. I'm coaching. Like I'm writing workout plans for people, mm-hmm, and then like mm-hmm. I'm like most of the people I follow on Twitter are runners. Most of the people I follow on Instagram are runners. Like even when I'm trying to get away from running, like my world has just been constructed around uh-huh. running. So yeah, like yeah. it's 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 way it's way too much like so so when you're cooking you're not thinking about running
0: (laughs) yeah i was about to say
1: i cook and i listen to my podcast which i make sure not about running and that's when i don't get to think about running
0: well what's the what's the podcast
1: uh a lot of them uh mostly mostly about like uh i listen to a lot of podcasts about like different movies and stuff and Mm. like really just a lot of random stuff i i I feel like I like to still learn even though I've like quit all forms of school. So I'm like, Mm. I I feel like it's too easy. Like now that I'm just running, I don't want to be like illiterate because I feel like it'd be really easy (laughs) for me to just like never learn again. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'm trying to stay, trying to stay in touch with everything, you know?
0: Trying to keep the brain sharp. I gotcha. Exactly. (laughs) All right. um, Coaching individuals or a team?
1: Uh, team nothing nothing beats the team atmosphere
0: Hmm. so would you would you say to someone who wants to be a coach maybe do a team first or would that is that too overwhelming
1: Um, well you see I I don't think there's any right way to do it because sometimes coaching individuals and having success at the individual level will get you a team sometimes Mm -hmm. coaching a team and having the team doing well will get you your individuals like I think if you have opportunities to coach and that's what you want to do, you take whatever opportunities come at you because it's all just accruing experience. Because I, I I truly think the longer you coach, the more people you coach, the better you'll get at it because you can look at every athlete Mm -hmm. as somebody Mm -hmm. to make you better because you're learning more about the sport and about another athlete.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they complement each other really well. Like sounds like it almost benefits your running because you can learn things about what you've done for your athletes and apply it to yourself before
1: i stopped coaching myself there was some times where i was like i would assign a workout that was maybe a little bit outside the box and like it would be it would be received really well by the Mm. athletes and they'd be like this was a lot of fun i felt like it was very valuable and then i'm like okay like i'm i'm gonna have to try this workout on me because Mm. Mm -hmm. it seems to be a good confidence booster it seemed to like work really well like as a tune-up workout before a big race, like everybody did well, like now I can apply that in a certain way as like my tune-up workout. So yeah, yeah, I think you can use it to make yourself a better runner too, for sure.
0: Okay. All right. We got a, a few more and that's it. Um, okay. More conservative racing style or front running?
1: Oh, uh, you got you to go for it. Let's go front running.
0: We'll send. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my company's name is front runner.
0: So I mean that's, how, that's true. That's how true. Stay,
1: how can I not say front running?
0: Um, <laughs> uh, Sunday long runs or Saturday long runs?
1: Sunday, but really it's whatever's on the schedule, you know. Okay.
0: Okay. It changes. It's not always like Sunday. Then,
1: yeah. If it well, I'm gonna say Sunday actually because usually if it's a Saturday long run, it means I have to do a workout during it. And...
0: Oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> right. Because you would do you'll do Wednesday, Saturday then.
1: Yeah. 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 let's call it sunday long runs are more fun
0: okay sunday long runs and then uh training or racing
1: training racing so stressful
0: really so you would prefer just only training
1: yeah honestly i think that's what's that's something that's super appealing about the marathon to me Mm. um because the training to racing load is like way skewed towards training because like Realistically, obviously I did two marathons last cycle, but if you're like a true marathoner, you have two races per year that really matter to you, and that's sort of it. Whereas if you're like a a track guy, you probably have multiple races per season that you would consider goal races. And that's just like that's a little stressful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I just I like the process more than anything. And honestly, like I don't race a lot purely because if I'm, if I have a week that I have a race, that means I can't do 120 miles because I'm going to have to taper a little bit for the race. And Mm -hmm. as as stupid as that sounds like I'd rather, I'd rather do the big number and not have to race than like have to alter my training to fit a race in.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you think the less races puts more pressure on you though to perform or do you?
1: Um, not really, because I have a tendency to take every race way too seriously. So like, during my last cycle, I was arguably more anxious during that first marathon that didn't actually mean anything that I was just using as a training, like a training run more or less than I was before Philly. Um, so really it's just about how many times am I going to be very stressed rather than will I be more stressed once, as opposed to a little bit less stressed three times
0: yeah i'm with you on that like i think it didn't wouldn't matter how many races i would do i would still be like equally nervous for all of them
1: yeah because you put so much time into this that every time you step on the line you 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 feel like you need it to go well yeah regardless of like whether it's your turkey trot or if it's like 5k (laughs) that you're going for the big pr
0: yeah yeah that's true all right, uh, that's that's it. You know, it's, this has gone almost to an hour and a half, so I, I apologize for how long it was. Uh,
1: Honestly, I feel like it went by quickly.
0: I felt the same way. I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. Um, but thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know, I hope we stay in contact.
1: Yeah, de- um, definitely keep in touch. Keep me updated on your training.
0: Yeah, we'll do. Um, yeah, good luck with your training for Prague. You know, thank you gotta, you. you gotta. It's a ways away, so you got a lot of time to. Get real fit and rip a sub two twelve.
1: Sub two twelve. That's <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah. Do you? Uh, you know. I guess here uh, on your end to close out. You have any uh, advice for someone who uh, you know wants to take things to the next level with their running? Uh, and additionally, if you have anything for an aspiring coach, this is <laughs> both uh, of these apply to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my main thing is just keep at it, stay consistent, do the little things. Um, I, I think most people could about, I I don't know your training specifically, but I think a general rule of thumb that would help a lot of people is like, take the intensity off the workouts a little bit and just do consistently good workouts. And the razzle dazzle mm. workouts don't, they can be few and far between and you can still have a great season. Mm. And as for coaching, I'd say this advice applies to me too. Just like put yourself out there, build your roster and let your results speak for themselves. Like the more, people that you make happy by helping achieve their goals. Like it grows exponentially last December. I had five or six athletes and all of them had really good seasons. And then this December I had 25 to 30 athletes because a lot of those athletes told their friends, I wasn't specifically recruiting people. It's just word of mouth. If you're, if you're doing a good job, people will tell you and people will come to you and you just got to, you got to focus on just helping every kid that you can or helping every, every person that comes your way. All
0: right. I'm, I'm on a good start then. I got a couple athletes. So here we go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dylan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Hope to talk to you again, man. For sure. All right. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed. That was my chat with uh, Dylan. Uh, Soon to be goaded. I'm predicting, but uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, smash that like button subscribe and uh you know tell a friend about the video all right cool see you guys